When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the poor old Dragons, they failed to make the NRL uh, finals, as we know, um, pretty much after Barbecue Gate. Everything uh, went up in flames, almost quite literally. Certainly their hopes of playing September football did. Joining us on higher ground now, he's the host of the Red V podcast, is Jack Clifton. Jack, good evening. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, and we've spoken a few times this year. Look, there was a big spread. Uh, you would have seen it in the Daily Telegraph today uh, by Nick Campton. Uh, the clean-out and the new hope for St. George Illawarra. Um, top of the list of the players let go. Matt Dufty, he heads to Canterbury, along with uh, plenty more next season. Um, the Dufty one, was that the right decision? And, and the general clean-out, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so. I think you've seen the performances on the field over the last couple of seasons, Chris, and um, the, the players that have been there unfortunately haven't haven't done done the the job. I think when you think of of Karen McInnes, he's probably one player that the Dragons would, would still love to see um, strapping on the boots for for the Red V. But um, unfortunately, he's he's gone across the neighbours, Cronulla. But I think in regards to your question, uh, uh, Matt Duff, do I think it is uh, the right call? We we wish the Duff men all the best across at, at the Bulldogs. Hopefully, he doesn't play too well the two times we play him each year, but. Um, He'll be a, he'll be a good servant for them, but he's played close to 100 games for the Dragons, and unfortunately, probably hasn't really been able to put enough consistent performances um, together. We've seen, I guess, flashes of brilliance, Chris, that game against Brisbane, where he had a hand in I think five or six tries in that, that demolition of the Broncos at Cogra. Um, that showed you the really good performances that he can put in, but there's been some other games where he's ball handling at the back and defensive reads have, have been pretty awful. So um, I think it's the right call in the end when you've got teams like Melbourne and, and the Rooster Manly that have got some superb number ones at the back. I think uh, the Dragons have obviously got someone like that in the making in Tyrell Sloan. So I think the, the time was probably right. And I think in regards to those other players that you spoke about that have, have moved on, um, a lot of them on, on pretty fat contracts that have been at the club for a while and, and haven't been able to provide. Um, the best performances. So, yeah, I think uh, Dragons fans are, are pretty excited about some, some new fresh blood coming into the squad over the next couple of seasons. And I understand, or, or I, I get when a player is, is let go because he's, he's soaking up too much of, of the salary cap. And that can be said mm-hmm. about Corey Norman on good money. So he's been allowed to go after his contract expired. Um, the general feeling uh, among Red, the Red V fans, that's the right decision? Yeah, definitely. Um, nothing, nothing personal against Corey. When you're a football player, unfortunately, you're going to be in the the line of fire sometimes. And, and I think I speak on behalf of a lot of Dragons fans. Where unfortunately, um, Corey, whether it, it was his actual um, demeanour that that sometimes comes across as perhaps being a bit lazy, or whether that's his his natural playing style, just didn't bring enough to the Dragons for for the kind of money that he was on. That the media reporting that he was on as much as eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a season. You compare that to some of the other big-time players um, at some of the other clubs around the league. You can't afford to have 
that much um, of the, the salary cap taken up in one player that's not providing a whole lot for you. And, um, yeah, I think that's the right decision made by the Dragons. And they've got a lot of quality players coming up, that number six and that number seven jumper. We saw Junior Amone um, put in some good shifts towards the back end of the season. Uh, this year, Jaden Sullivan is, is a really boom, um, great young half. It's his birthday today as well. So happy birthday to Jaden. Um, so there's some, some good players coming through to fill that, 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 that void that's been left by, by Corey Nolan moving on. Whose birthday today? Jaden Sullivan. He's uh, oh, he's okay. moved out of the team today, so he's yeah happy twentieth to Jaden today. So I'm yeah, sure he's well, celebrating with family. Yeah. All right. Well, no, same same birthday as as Mitchell Moses for, from the Eels. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, must be a day for halves, hey? Um, Tarek Sims. Now you you, you talked about a, you've got a number of young players there, and it's going to be a, a younger roster, so you won't have a whole lot of experience around the place. Sims has a year left on his contract. He's been told that he can look elsewhere as well. Is mm. that the right decision? Or is it one you can understand? Uh, I, I think it's the right decision. I think it's probably a decision, Chris, that split Dragons fans kind of down the middle. Um, I think it's the right decision. I think Tarek has been a good servant for the club. Um, but at the same stage, he's 31. And although he had a really good origin series, he he isn't the kind of player that has probably put those types of performances um, at club level uh, together for the Dragons. We've seen a couple of really barnstorming performances. I thought his effort against the Newcastle Knights up there in, in Newcastle um, to win a game earlier in the season when the Dragons were, were humming along quite nicely was probably one of his, his better games. But he's on $650,000 a season. And I think it's not as if the Dragons are kicking him to the curb. They've said that if he can find a long-term deal from next year and beyond, they, they would be happy to release him to another club in the NRL or potentially across in the UK uh, Super League. Um, and I think you've got to try and get a little bit younger as well. If the Dragons are going to re-sign him on similar coin or maybe a little bit less, um, this is a 32, 33-year-old back row that we're talking about that's had his fair share of injuries. I wouldn't say that Tarek's injury-prone, but at the same time, he's had surgery on his groin over the last couple of seasons, and he's had some hamstring complaints as well, so it's not as if he comes with a clean bill of health. I think with the position the Dragons are in, Chris, where they haven't played finals football since 2018 and they've finished pretty far down the ladder as well. It's not, not like they've just been missing out on that 7th or 8th place positions in recent seasons. They've been well off the pace. I think you need to try and get a bit younger and, and maybe try and throw some cash at, at a marquee signing. We know that Moses Suli is pretty much a done deal and, and, and Viliami Kikau is a, is a potential uh, replacement for Sims if he moves on. So uh, there is some exciting moves um, in the chains being made by the Dragons brass, which is nice to see. I'm talking to the host of the Red V podcast, Jack Clifton, on higher ground. Um, Jack, Jack Bird has an expiring contract as well, so he's got another year to go. Any indications uh, what you think might happen with Jack beyond next season? Yeah, I, I think I think they'll try and lock him down to, to a long-term contract. I, I think it was pretty wise by the Dragons when they signed him. The fact that Brisbane are, are paying a fair bit of his contract, I think they were obviously happy for that to happen for a couple of seasons. And I, I, w- I would dare say that maybe in, in the coming months across the off-season, they might try and extend that. Um, Jaden Sullivan's another one that only has a year left on his deal as well. So I'd say those two are probably um, high priority for the Dragons to, to try and... Um, 
secure signings. I think I think Bird's performance was probably a little bit lackluster at the back end of the season. But I think having been out of the game for a while, um, his fitness may have left a little bit to be um, desired at the back end of the season. But I think earlier on in the season, when the side was going well, I think Jack Bird was one of those really star performers and put in some, some really good efforts. He had a great little battle with Moses Sully down in Wollongong earlier in the year, so they could soon be two teammates. But that was a, a great little defensive battle um, down there at the, the gong with the Dragons winning that game. So I think he's he's a, a, like a vital piece um, of the puzzle for, for the Dragons, a guy that's been playing centre, but with the signing of Moses Suli, could potentially move to the back row where he effectively started his career when he was an under-20s representative with the Dragons. So um, I think he's one the Dragons would like to lock down um, long-term, but I guess they didn't want to pull the trigger too soon, Chris, because he has come off a couple of pretty significant knee injuries, and the last thing you want to do is sign someone to a three- or four-year extension and then find them off the field for 12 or 18 months. Mm. All right, mate. And on the gauge of success for Anthony Griffin after his first year in charge uh, with St. George Illawarra, and not just your opinion, but um, you've got a feel for, for how the fans have felt themselves about um, Hook and how he's gone. A big improvement, but still the club falls short of the finals. Um, mm. what, are the, what are the general thoughts there of the fans on, on Hook's first year? Uh, you know, you know, Dragons fans, Chris, as well as anyone, and um, yeah, they're, they're obviously not happy with the season gone. And unfortunately, there is a little bit of vitriol when you you jump on social media and jump on some of the different Dragons pages. I guess we're uh, we're an impatient bunch. I think a lot of um, fans have grown up with the success of the 60s and 70s and um, and then obviously even into the, the 1990s where, where the, the St. George Club made three grand finals along to, on top of the St. George Illawarra side making the grand final their, their first season. But ultimately, we're, we're a different club to St. George and Illawarra and it's going to take time for things to be uh, rebuilt. But yeah, fans, I don't think, are, are very happy. I think the, the seven-year reign under Paul McGregor has probably scarred them a little bit. Um, and, and I think half the job that Hook's doing, Chris, is trying to clear some of that deadwood, for lack of a better word or a lack of a better term, trying to get rid of players that are, are taking up a little bit too much of the cap and, and getting the players that he's got in. Even this year, uh, a large portion of that, that squad were not players that he'd, he'd brought in. He'd made a couple of makeshift signings in Andy McCulloch and Jack Bird and Josh Maguire and, and a few others on loan towards the back end of the season. But it certainly isn't Anthony Griffin's squad. Um, I think you can probably judge his performance as a coach once we kind of get to the halfway mark of, of 2022 with obviously guys like Frankie Molo and Jaden Sewer and George Burgess and some real big bodies coming in, which I think will improve the squad. So uh, I think that the knives are certainly out for sharpening, Chris, but I'm not, uh, I'm not closing the door on the Anthony Griffin range just yet. I think uh, he'll have a much more successful season next year with a few more tools at his disposal. All right, Jack, um, before you go, we're running a little short of time here, but you're, um, you're producing a new audio doc, is that right? Missing Rings. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, that's right. We just uh, dropped our second part tonight. So it's a five-part documentary series, Chris, looking at the 1992 and 1993 seasons of the St. George Dragons. Any rugby league historian will know that, unfortunately, that they both ended in grand final defeat. But it, it's focusing not just on the grand final defeat, but I guess the resilience and the passion shown by the club. And Brian Smith, who's been in the media probably for the wrong reasons and a little bit harshly by 
Fox League and The Telegraph and a few other publications of late. The great job that he did in getting the Dragons to rebound. They hadn't made the finals for, for six seasons um, when before he came in and, and looking at the resilience that he built in that squad, the mateship and the great culture change that, that saw some pretty exciting results and some pretty exciting wins. And um, an unfortunate Jason Stevens broken thumb in the, the 93 decider that's probably one of the, the great sliding door moments in, uh, in rugby league history. But yeah, part two is dropped tonight on all your good um, podcast channels, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and also on our, our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So we've still got another three instalments to come after this. So yeah, very excited to be releasing that to the Red Beef family. Great stuff, Jack. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate, on higher ground. And uh, let's hope that things go a little better for the Red V next season. Lovely. Thanks for your time, Chris. No problem at all. There he is, Jack Clifton, the host of the Red V podcast. This is Higher Ground.